As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Liz. And we host the Mom Deconstructed podcast. We interview moms to find out the real story of their mothering journey. Motherhood is the most difficult job there is, but unless we allow ourselves to create community and accept the help of others, it can be a very lonely endeavor. Let's get beyond the superficial, delve into the dreams that inspire us, the struggles that test us, and the conversations that connect us. You can listen to Mom Deconstructed anywhere you get your podcasts from the Parents on Demand Network and at momdeconstructed.com. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you so much. Um, All the messages, all of the outreach. It's just so awesome. We thank you. We appreciate you. Keep it coming. So all the ways that you can connect with us, you could go to the show notes of today's episode. And we got a lot of links there for you. A lot of cool, juicy things, um, ways you can connect. And then also some cool things from today's episode that you definitely want to check out. Um, But where you can listen to the podcast, you can listen in virtually any podcast 
cosplayer, and especially, most definitely, I can say for certain, in the Parents on Demand Network app. So you can download that on your Android or on your iPhone, and you can listen to our show there. You can listen to other pod network shows. Go to parentsondemand.com and check that out. So that link is in the show notes there for you. Also, our website, our shop, where you can get your gear, your shirts, your tanks, your sweatshirts, your your hoodies. You can get all of that there. And as you receive them, send us pictures, tag us, tag us on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever when you get your your merch and uh, let us see because we love to see that. It's just so, so exciting. Get totally geeked out by that. We've got your Have Babies Where You Make Them shirt and your Let's Talk Home Birth shirt there for you. Um, And not just shirt, like I said, sweats, tanks, all the things. So you can go there. Our Instagram link is there for you as well. If you have not engaged with us on Instagram, you should. And our Facebook page and our private Facebook group for the community. So that's all there for you, way that you can connect with other listeners, other members of the DIAH fam. So that's all there. Okay, today's birth story We're chatting with Brooke Cates. Brooke is the founder and CEO of The Bloom Method. And The Bloom Method, you really need to check out. It is a pre and postnatal fitness method and training for the modern mama. So if you go to their website, you can see all the cool stuff that they offer. That link is in the show notes. And we also talk about Brooke's birth story. So the home birth of her son, Levin, and then how she applied, you know, all of her knowledge from her fitness background and in her professional life, how she brought that into her experience. And we talk about the superstar rock star partner she had in her husband, Pete, and how amazing he was, which we love that. We love to talk about the partners. And Matthew and I had fun chatting with Brooke because we feel like there's a lot of similarities and that Brooke and Pete work together and, you know, raising a family, all the things that they're doing. It was just, it was fun to talk about that. And we talk about a video that has gone viral via the Bloom Method, one of their modalities, their breathing techniques that got quite a lot of attention. And so we include a link to that video as well in today's show notes. So go check that out so you have some context and you know what we're talking about. So it's an amazing conversation. It was so much fun. It was beautiful. We we love you, Brooke. Thank you. And here it is. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm doing so good. How are you guys? We're doing awesome. We're doing so awesome. And we are very, very excited and grateful that you are here joining us. So thank you once again, Brooke. And same back to you guys. Thank you for doing this. This is such a a great purposeful podcast. And uh, thanks for thinking of me. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm really excited to get into some cool stuff, Brooke, because I have a feeling that um, once listeners, mamas, um, hear you and your story, if they have not heard of you already or seen videos that might be related to what you are connected with, they will after this. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, because I think a lot of us in the birth world have probably seen a video or two on what we're going to talk about and just the really cool aspects of that. So I'll just tease with that and leave that there. But I'm excited to get into that. Um before we do that, can you just share with us a little bit about you and your family? Yeah. Um, so I'm Brooke and I have a new baby. He's new ish. He still feels <laughs> new. Um, I have a six month old little boy named Levin and my husband's name is Peter. We live in Colorado, um, outside of Denver in a town called Boulder. And, um, yeah, life is pretty epic right now. You know, we're kind of, in the throes of uh, new parenthood. And we have a pretty unique situation, my husband and I, where we both work from home because we both work for my company, which is called the Bloom Method. Um, it's a pre and postnatal fitness method for mamas, modern mamas, I like to say. And so the past six months has been pretty epic and incredible for us. Um, definitely has had its ups and downs. Um, like any new parents trying to get used to a newborn and a baby and, and navigating life this way. But, um, because we both work from home, we both get to spend a lot of time with Levin and, um, kind of do lots of trade-offs and, um, it really feels like a super supportive postpartum experience, um, which has been really incredible because I feel that a lot of the women I've spoken to, either don't have that experience because they don't have the support because so many of us live in the U S where our mat leave is not very supportive. Um, and, and, or if they have a situation like mine, they don't really feel comfortable talking about it because they don't want to ruffle feathers and hurt other people's feelings that didn't have this experience. But, um, so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out kind of how to speak to it because I do think my story is important and I do think it can liberate other women. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just jiving and navigating life in a new way. I just booked a, our first beach vacation as a family, literally right before this call. So, um, so all kinds of fun, new navigations and, um, and yeah, we're just doing life and having fun doing it. Oh my gosh. Matthew, I don't know if you were thinking this at all, but I feel like I got a glimpse into having someone describe a lot of our life. Like I feel like yeah. I went back in time a little bit and thought about when Matthew and I were navigating the first six months as well and also working from home. And what you, you just said, the pass off. Absolutely. That's exactly what we're doing. So our situations are very similar. And I feel like the four of us need to get together and hang yeah. out. <laughs> 
absolutely. Next time we're in Atlanta or vice yes. versa. Yes. Um, oh, that's so beautiful. Um, I'm really excited to get into more of what you shared, the pre postnatal fitness. Um, and I, I feel like this could be multiple conversations. So I don't know, we might have to um, schedule some more Brooke, because I feel like a lot of what you just laid out there is so relevant to, um, you know, the modern mama as as you coined her, and you know, it, particularly in the West or in the states, uh, a lot of those factors that you laid out um, are just so real and prevalent uh, and on so many of our minds. Uh, so I don't know, my my mind is just like racing right now with ways I want to keep talking to you about all sorts of other things, but I will stay on track as best I can. Um, as it relates to birth and your your decisions around your birth, how did that come into play and how did you and Peter um, make your birthing plan once you started to um, grow your family? Yeah, you know, um, there wasn't a ton of thought that went into it. Um, we really just felt into it and both of us equally felt much more comfortable um, birthing our child at home mm. than in a birth center or in a hospital. And, um, I'm a pretty big, just birthing advocate in general. And I, as much as I loved my home birth and I think that it was such an incredible experience and I wish all women could experience it. The truth is, is that, um, that doesn't make everyone comfortable and, and it actually makes a lot of women and their partners uncomfortable. So I'm a pretty big advocate on women should be able to birth wherever they desire to birth, um, in the world that we live in today. Um, but we, there was no question. We did never, you know, some women will, um, because I work with so many pregnant women, some women are undecided or their partners are undecided. So they'll do the hospital tour and then they'll do a birth center tour. And then maybe they'll land at home if everyone feels good. Um, we didn't do any of that. I, I personally don't love our hospital system. Again, this is all just personal um, and never on anyone else. And I, that made myself and my husband very uncomfortable um, to think about giving birth at a hospital. Um, I also, you know, with the work that I do know the importance of a woman being able to stay calm and in her parasympathetic nervous system um, and not have a ton of cortisol spikes during birth as far as like allowing her labor to progress the way it needs to. And it gave me anxiety just thinking about birthing in a hospital. So it, there were all of these, you know, I guess reasons as to why we did it at home, but ultimately it came down to us just being comfortable with it. And us, um, it was so romantic and dreamy to think that we would give birth to our baby in our bed or in our bathtub or just in our home. And crawl into bed as a new family and just be, um, with no disturbances. And, um, and that's, that's really how, yeah, it, it came to be. Mm. Wow. So, and then can you just share timeline wise, you know, where you were at in terms of your career and professionally and where the bloom method was at, um, and how that may have, I'm sure influenced you in pregnancy and in birth preparation. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I am 37 years old. So a lot of women might see themselves as an older mama at 37. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see myself that way at all. But yeah. my yeah. husband and I have been together for 14, 15 years um, and have not clearly had children yet. So we really were able to cultivate our relationship and our love solo, just being, you know, us. And um, the Bloom Method was my baby and still is. It's my first baby. Um, it it's almost kind of like the, 
the puppy of the family at this point, because as much as I still curate and love it so much, um, this sweet little boy gets a lot of my attention. He of course comes first, but, um, the bloom method, I, so when we, we had actually experienced a miscarriage before we got pregnant with Levin within, and then I think we got pregnant with Levin three, four months after having the miscarriage. Um, and we were going to have a home birth. We chose the same midwife for both pregnancies. Um, so I think after the miscarriage, I was a little more like, okay, I'm 30. Oh, I was 36 at the time. I'm 36. Let's, we should probably figure this out because I had never thought, Oh, I might have a miscarriage. I'm super healthy. I've been doing all the things that you do. Um, I couldn't be any healthier kind of attitude Mm -hmm. and I had a miscarriage. So, um, I, I think I put myself into, let's say fifth or sixth gear. Um, I wasn't stressed about it, but it became more of a, okay, do I really want to have children? And maybe this isn't going to be as easy as I thought it was. Um, and the bloom method was in its first year of, um, actually having a brick and mortar studio. So we can get into this more, but I, the blue method has been this beautiful evolution. I worked with one-on-one clients for about four, four and a half years, and then, um, turned it into more of a group fitness modality so that I could help more women. And then now our next venture has been an online platform that we launched, um, this past May. So we decided literally right before I got pregnant, um, that we were going to create studio bloom, which is our online platform. So my entire pregnancy, um, consisted of the creation of studio bloom, which meant we filmed every weekend, the entire time I was pregnant, um, along with my coaches. So it's not just me. I also incorporate my bloom coaches and I ran the brick and mortar studio and taught at the brick and mortar studio and worked with one-on-one clients. So it was a really hectic, um, busy time. I look back and think that my pregnancy just kind of swooshed by, um, (laughs) wasn't a ton of preparation for my home birth. I think that because of what I do and because I've just really been in this world for so long, not even necessarily birth related, but, um, so much of the fitness or the movement portion of what I do is really geared towards training women for birth or the way that I refer to it as the birth marathon, um, and helping them rehab and heal from pregnancy and birth in a really smart and effective way. Um, that's super supportive. So I felt like I had what I needed. I, that may seem really silly to some of the listeners out there, but I really felt like I didn't need a ton of books. Although I do tell people that the two books that I did purchase and both my husband and I read, and I recommend to everyone, um, are Ina May's guide to childbirth and Ina May's breastfeeding book. Um, I think that's just because I love Ina May. Um, she's incredible. So, and I found both of those books really, really, um, they just had really potent information in them, but I just do, neither one of us did a ton of prepping there was a lot of trust involved. Like it was, it was this, um, and I don't know if other home birthing mamas are similar. I actually don't know a ton of home birthing mamas. There are many more hospital and birth center birthing mamas in my community than home birth. Um, but I, I think that once we made the decision, which again was clear that we were going to have a home birth, there was just this trust. It kind of just like landed with us and this was just going to be our birth. And you know, 
I would ask the baby if, if this is the way he wanted to come in. And I, you know, felt, um, that it, it really was. And, um, you know, as hectic as our lives were business wise, there was never any stress or concern around the birth. There, there got to be a little bit of stress towards the end of the birth and we'll probably get there at some point uh, or not the end of the birth towards the end, like as my um, due date was drawing near, but um, it all just felt really smooth and um, like it was just really meant to be this way. Mm. I love that. And I think I can understand that. And I think a lot of other mamas would too, when you say like, you just felt like you had what you needed, whether that was through your own experiences or just internally and that intuition. And I, I, I can get with that for sure. So when you shared that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, I, I kept, I think, a lot of my clients would say to me, wait, you're not reading books. Even my midwife would say, you know, Brooke, <laughs> I really think that you and Pete should take some birthing classes. And even if you don't think that there's a ton to learn, maybe because my attitude with that is my husband doesn't need to do, need to know what my uterus is doing during my labor. Cause my uterus is going to do what it's going to do. Like some of the knowledge that we flood ourselves with, is it really necessary if we just trust that our bodies are designed to do what they're going to do to support us in birthing our children. Um, and that's not for all information, but just some of kind of like the, the nitty gritty stuff in birth class. And then my midwife would say, well, it's a really good way to build community. <laughs> I would smile at her and I'd say, yeah, you know, my husband and I are kind of picky with the people we surround ourselves with. So I don't see us as the type of people to make best friends in a birth class. Um, so I kind of had this, this, you know, I, it wasn't that I was trying to be snotty at all. I just kind of know our lifestyle and I know who we are. And, um, and then I also would tell clients, I just feel that the pregnancy and new mom, um, kind of mainstream world is so good about telling us that we have to do all of this stuff and you're inundated with so much information. You have to buy and spend and do all of this. And I think, wait, no, 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 no rewind centuries ago when women didn't have access to any of this and they were all birthing children exactly like we birth children today. So I felt that overall, maybe it would keep me and my husband a little more sane um, and humble to the experience that we were about to embark on if we didn't allow our mainstream culture or our modern culture to bombard us with too much stuff, if you will. Oh, that's powerful. I think that's awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's clear that you all did what you felt was best for you. And I think that's part of, you know, why, like what we talk about here, it's like figuring out what is best for you, feeling confident in it, and then just going with it. And um, I could totally resonate with the feeling of being bombarded with stuff that you're supposed to do. You know, we, we had those conversations, uh, People had asked us if we were, if Sarah and I were taking classes and had we read the books. And I didn't finish one of the books that we have. I didn't, you know, I read parts of it. I just, I just didn't, didn't finish one book. And, um, I felt okay about that. Just like, like you, like just, I felt okay. Like, you know what? I, I, I trust. And that trust was huge. So it's, I, I love hearing, um, how you came about creating your process, trusting your process, trusting yourself. That's really awesome. 
Yeah, thanks. So I'm sure you had to access that trust. As you mentioned, towards the end of pregnancy, there might have been a little bit of stress or anxiety injected around there. So why don't you take us there and then walk us into birth time? Yeah. Um, so I believe it was around 37 weeks. It might have been as early as like almost at the end of 36 weeks. Um, I found out that I was GBS positive. And the typical protocol. Would you, uh, yeah, am I explain that? Uh, yeah, what now you're like making me have to think about this. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what does it stand for? Uh, is it, well, that's what I'm trying to remember. Um, it's, it's the group B, it's the group B's um, streptococcus. Okay, yes, yeah, so group B strep. Thank you, mom yeah. brain. Yeah, um, <laughs> Google on our end. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So I tested positive for group B strep and, um, the typical protocol, um, again, in Western medicine for group B strep is that the mother will receive two rounds of antibiotics. Um, once I believe once she goes into labor or like, right, I think it's once she goes into labor before baby's born, she receives two rounds of antibiotics. Um, And that was just not, I mean, my, my anxiety was through the roof, um, because I didn't want to give my baby antibiotics. I mean, for goodness sakes, I was having a home birth and I, you know, wanted to avoid some of these things that we are so quick to throw at our newborns, um, in the Western medicine world, again, totally personal, um, to my husband and I, Mm -hmm. and, um, I started doing a lot of research, which my midwife told me not to, because, we know, we all know the, the rule of thumb is to never Google any medical 
fear or re- anything you're researching um, medical wise on Google because it's a really bad can be a really bad negative rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, you know, everything, but I couldn't stay off of it. It was just like this horrible habit. Um, technically I was supposed to, um, I was recommended to not have a home birth, to switch to the hospital, to have these two rounds of antibiotics. And, um, the, the risk here, just in case people aren't, um, kind of up on their GBS stuff is that, um, baby can pass through the vaginal canal and, um, receive some of this bacteria that you've tested positive for, which by the way, your gut always fluctuates with this bacteria. So it was also very weird to me that I could test at 36 weeks positive, And then I could test at 39 weeks and be negative because it's constantly changing. Wow. It's like bacteria. Um, and it can, to some degree, there is risk of it, you know, causing issue with the baby, whether they're, I mean, uh, again, Google likes to scare you with like, baby could be deaf, baby could be blind. You, there's like a two to 5%. Again, I'm just kind of like recalling this in my mind of a mortality rate for babies. Um, uh, maybe an even smaller one percentage for mom's mortality rate. Anyways, um, my husband and I sat with it for a while and we had lots of conversations around it um, because neither one of us felt good about going to the hospital. It, it was enough to wake us up and make us um, kind of tap back into this intuition, this trust. Um, and also really question, again, it brings up these questions or it brought up these questions for us around the Western medicine world and how viable we think some of their fear tactics, um, are to us as individuals. And we decided of course to have a home birth and, um, our baby is super healthy and you would never have known that I had GBS. And then after having this experience, I've had some conversations with other home birthing mamas who said, Oh yeah, I didn't even get tested for GBS because I didn't want to know because I didn't want it to affect my, you know, my ability to trust Mm -hmm. or, or where I birthed. And I went, Oh, well, I'm glad I knew, um, because that's just the kind of person I am. But, um, yeah, we, we went into it just so people listening don't think that I went into it blind and kind of like choosing to, some people might think that I'm choosing to be reckless with this decision. Right. Um, There are ways that you can be, uh, proactive, I should say with watching for signs. So in a woman who tests positive for group B, she will always show signs in her labor if there is potential for an infection to be present. Because if you have GBS, it doesn't mean that you have an infection, but you could. And I think the Western medicine world just plays it with, we don't know, and we they are not going to put their um, patients at risk and kind of do this protocol. So it's easier for them to just administer the antibiotics. So some things that we um, watched for were early break of the early breakage of the bag of waters, mm-hmm. which I did not have, um, a temperature, like if I was running a fever in labor, which I did not have. Um, and I think those were the two big ones. And because none of those, the neither one of those signs showed, we just continued my labor and, um, and had a really beautiful home birth with mm-hmm. a really 
be mama and baby. <laughs> wow. So who was there for the birth? So um, my husband and um, I had a, my main midwife. Um, I also had a doula and our birth photographer. Um, our birth photographer also has trained as a doula, but and she was amazing because as I was pushing, she definitely was on the sidelines um, in her doula essence, but she was definitely there as a birth photographer. And mm -hmm. then at the end of my birth, um, towards baby making his arrival, um, we had our midwife's assistant show up. Um, and then actually she ended up having to leave, um, once babe was born and, um, a third midwife showed up just to give some postpartum support. Gotcha. And so how did you move through and experience your birth itself? Yeah. So, um, I embodied a lot of what we teach mm -hmm. at the Bloom Method and through the Bloom Method. Um, so I guess to briefly go around that, it would be, um, that I think, I believe that both strength and the ability to soften and surrender is really, really vital, um, in a normal progressing labor and birth. Um, I think I, I often think that we might see less stalled labors, et cetera, if women were able to surrender some more. Um, I think a lot of women may go into birth thinking that it's especially athletes, right? A lot, a lot of our clients may think that it's all about strength and it's really just this beautiful balance of both. Um, and I did that. I met several, several, you know, of those really challenging, deep doors that, um, almost caused me to have an outer body experience. Um, but I never chose to go that route. I really stayed in my body because I knew it was crucial, even though I was being pulled to, to experience moments out of my body during my birth, it was very important for me to continue embodying that strength and to be in my body. So I did a lot of breathing. Um, people ask me a lot if I've heard of Lamaze and I say, well, yes, I've heard of Lamaze. I don't know anything about it because I do bloom method breathing, but, um, it's really just diaphragmatic breathing. It's nothing super fancy that we do. Um, but diaphragmatically breathing helps you to stay in parasympathetic nervous system, which parasympathetic nervous system, just for those that could not, or maybe having trouble remembering what we learned in like sixth or seventh grade, um, <laughs> It is more of your restore, repair, rebuild, ultimately de-stressing signals to every cell in the body. Um, whereas sympathetic nervous system is like that fight or flight response. And your breath can really determine where your body is currently living in one of those states. Chest breathing um, tends to be shorter and quicker and create a sympathetic nervous system. So fight or flight response in the body. And diaphragmatically breathing um, tends to be deeper and slower and more fluid, and it provides a more calm, serene um, response to the body. So I did a lot of breathing. I spent, um, I feel like the majority of my birth in and out of my bathtub, I think I got in the bathtub, I, I have no idea, maybe 35, 40 times. Um, so that was my, my pain, you know, uh, medication, if you will, was the, the warm bath. And it really was, it really did help. Um, but I just, I just was in my body and I, 
I really moved with every wave that came in. And I, you know, looking back, I don't, I don't describe my birth as painful um, at all. Even though some people might, I actually just use the word intense because there was this new level of intensity and this new place that I was being called to um, bear witness to, if you will, and be with. But it was all just really intense. And when I think about the intensity, it definitely, my birth came on strong. I'm a really, really fiery individual. So as I've, you know, slowly tried to kind of um, understand different layers of my birth over the past six months, I've had moments of laughter where I've thought, oh, no wonder those contractions came in so fierce and fiery. They were just matching the person that they were showing up for. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So because I I felt like, you know, my midwife, when people ask me how long I was in labor, I say 22 hours. My birth was 22 hours. My midwife would say 14 because she counts from active labor on. Um, But I just felt like that first stage of labor was intense enough to be, it deserves to be counted in to the main, to the main event. Um, and yeah, I just moved through a lot of it. Um, there was movement involved for sure. Um, again, I think every woman finds what she needs in her birth and some women really need movement. And I think there was definitely an aspect of myself that thought that I would really need movement, but I wonder if because I'm such a physical person all the time with movement and exercise, if my birth called on me to recognize and be with another side of myself. So there was actually just a lot of stillness and breath. Um, and I would move from position to position, um, and kind of like be on all fours and find some movement there. But I was not doing a ton of walking around. I was not squatting and, and finding, um, bigger movements, if you will, throughout my birth. There was a lot of, of me really feeling like I was in transition my whole birth and, um, really just being deep within myself and and trying to move through it. Gotcha. And how was Pete? Oh, he was incredible. Um, (laughs) He was, he was amazing. And I, yeah, I hear this from so many mamas that their partners were so incredible. Um, I, as many of us feel about our partners feel that, um, I am one of the lucky ones. I have a partner who is just full on, he is full on partner, lover, support, daddy. Like he, he puts me to shame a lot of times, honestly, he's such an incredible human being. Um, and he was there all the time. I mean, you know, again, I was so deep in myself that like, I knew he was there and I felt his presence and I couldn't have done it without him. That's for sure. And he was constantly there just, you know, holding me or hand on me or just reassuring me. Um, but I, again, I was so deep in myself that I don't have a super vivid, memory of like different aspects of like things that he was doing. I just knew that I felt his presence the whole time. And it was such a vital part of my belief in even being able to birth Levin at home. Um, it was, I do remember something that's coming out for me now. I do remember about a week postpartum, my doula, um, came and had a postpartum visit with us to just kind of recap the birth. And she had, written down like all of these different things that were happening during our birth and wrote this little birth story for Levin for us to give Levin one day. And, um, 
she started crying because she said she was out of all the births she's been to, she was so incredibly touched by Pete and I's interactions and the way that Pete was able to support me and how beautiful that was and how everyone in the room could feel his love for me. And I, I just thought that was really beautiful because again, I, I wasn't much of an observer that day into the next day. Right. I was, I was very much in it. And, um, but he, yeah, but he was, he was incredible. And then postpartum, I literally do not know how I would be where I am, how the blue method would be where it is right now. If I did not have Pete, I mean, he cooked us food for, I mean, he's still cooking us food. Why am I acting like I'm going to say three or four weeks? He cooks, mm-hmm. all meals. he take, he's, he's just incredible. Yeah. He's, he was wonderful during the birth. All right. Hashtag Team Pete. Yeah, that's awesome. Way <laughs> to go, Pete. Um, so what was the moment like when Levin arrived? Ooh, well, um, for me, um, it was well, let's say this. I was incredibly exhausted. So the moment he arrived, there was this extreme rush of, oh my God. I can't believe I just did that. Right. I think that may have been the first thing I felt. And then just this overflowing of love, like I have never felt it. And it just continued to expand in the days to come, of course. But, um, it was surreal. I mean, it was completely surreal. You spend your entire nine months or sometimes less than that, sometimes a little more than that. Um, knowing that your body is doing this remarkable thing and you are growing this baby. And then you go through this epic journey to meet your baby. But when you actually have this little human in your arms with your partner and you're all just kind of relishing in this incredible love, it, um, it's surreal. I mean, that's the only word that comes up for me. It's, it was, it was beautiful. Um, I was just happy to have him. Um, Pete was more, I knew Pete would be emotional, um, because he's just a tapped in human. And so he, he can be emotional and feel all the feels, um, when need to, when need to be. But, um, he was pretty emotional in the few hours following the birth. And when I finally was able to ask him what was going on, he shared with me something that I had no idea he was even fearful of because he probably kept it to himself. But because we had lost the baby previous to Levin, I think he was holding on to a lot of concern, right? That like fatherly concern of, will we actually get this baby? We didn't get our first one. Will we actually get this baby? And so when we had Levin in our arms, it was just this huge amount of relief. And I think he had to kind of release a lot of that that he had held on to the whole time I was pregnant. Um, he wasn't like sobbing or anything <laughs> by any means. It was just like I would catch him with tears in his eyes every once in a while. And, and I checked in and that's what it was about. But yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. And to crawl into bed and to just be there and to have my birth team. I mean, you know, talking about my birth is one thing, but sometimes I feel like we don't talk about these birth miracle fairy godmothers enough. I mean, my, it kept coming up for me in the days and weeks postpartum that I, 
again, it's personal, but I don't know how I would have ever had a hospital birth because the support that I received from my midwives in the days following, it was remarkable. I mean, they were at my house and Pete and I live 25 minutes actually in the mountains of Boulder. So these midwives are driving 25 to 30 minutes multiple times to visit us and to give us these in-home visits postpartum. And I just, you know, for me, it kept coming up with, I really wish Western medicine would step it up and provide this some level of similar support to women who choose to, to birth in hospitals because it's important. It was, yeah. And it was all just so beautiful. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's magical. So then shifting gears for a second, back to the bloom method and your other baby, how has it been just in terms of all the work you've done, all the creation. And now when you connect with other women, coaches, whatever in the community, after having another baby, a different kind of baby, you know, what's that experience been like in integrating those worlds for you? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, not a ton has shifted in the realm of um, pregnancy and birth, as crazy as that may sound to some people. Um, because look, before I had a baby, I knew that pregnancy was going to have its days, right? Mm -hmm. It's days of exhaustion and some feeling like something's taking over my body and my body's changing and I'm uncomfortable. Um, and I knew that birth was going to be I knew that birth was going to push me to my edge in a very beautiful and safe way. And that I had the choice standing at that edge to either push through it or to back off of it. Um, and, and ask for help in other ways, because luckily we do have those, um, in modern medicine. Um, so I knew to a degree, what to expect. Of course, birth shows up differently for all of us, but there was an element that I understood. I would say that um, what shifted the most for me and more like I had these aha moments around was my was the postpartum. And in specifically linking it to the Bloom Method was how in control of my body I felt during pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, and during my birth, and then how elements of that shifted postpartum. And, you know, I look back on it and I remember thinking, well, of course, this makes so much sense that I can't, in the days postpartum, can barely engage my pelvic floor when before I gave birth, I could engage my pelvic floor, I could release and open my pelvic floor, I could do all these things. Now, I seem to not be in control of the pelvic floor, for example. Um, well, of course, I just my body just went through trauma. Think about what my pelvic floor just went through to birth my child. But I think that was really incredible for me to feel um, because that was something I didn't know. I, mm -hmm. I hear women say, you know, of course, for years I've had women say, well, I don't feel connected to my core postpartum and I don't know what's going on with my pelvic floor. But being so into my method and having um, implemented these techniques that I teach so many women for years before I became pregnant and really allowing myself to master these techniques to see that even someone with a mastery level of understanding of these techniques still 
can feel so disconnected in let's say like the first week postpartum was so important to me because now when that comes up for women, I can say, guess what? Not only are you not alone, but the creator of this method was right there with you Mm. and you will get it back. You just have to do X, Y, and Z. There are some things that you're going to incorporate to help you get those feelings back and feel that you have control of these muscles in your body. Um, right. And then I think uh, the last part was um, in, in regards to postpartum was how gentle I was with my body. I really surprised my midwife. Um, she, she knows how physical I am. And I think she was highly concerned that I was going to have this baby and want to be like out and about. And, um, I, again, I think I just was in this process of birthing my child and postpartum was shown another version of myself that I really needed to honor. And that other part was that rest that really giving my body and my heart and my mind, my emotions, everything that I had just gone through, um, honoring it and just being still for a while. And while I teach a lot of our postpartum moms that you can implement early on techniques to rehab the core and pelvic floor within days postpartum. So you can do all of this in bed. I did not leave my upstairs master bedroom and bathroom for seven days. I stayed in bed and would just like get up and walk outside on our balcony, like literally in this little area for seven days. And, um, that was really incredible to me too, because I, I felt the importance of it because there are women that have trouble being still for that long. And it was, it was really important. It was important for me and integration with my child. I think it was really important for him to, for his world to continue to be really, really small in those first, even couple of months, we didn't leave the house for a couple of months. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's probably what comes up the most mm-hmm. as far as thing that shifted. Yeah. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. And so the bloom method itself, who, who was it for who listening? If they're like, I'm curious about what that is, or if it could apply to me, who is it for and what can they get out of it? Yeah. Um, I typically will say it's for any woman, um, pregnant, early postpartum or years, decades, postpartum, Mm. um, even women who aren't really into physical fitness on a regular basis. Um, the simple foundations of the method, um, really go back to your breath and how that breath is going to train your inner core unit in a phenomenal way. And then we build upon that in the foundation. So we teach women how to connect to their cores on a totally different level. Um, and I've trained iron man, um, champions. I've trained Olympians, women who have all the tools as far as physical fitness goes. And every single one of them comes back and says, I have never been able to connect to my core the way that you taught me either during pregnancy or postpartum. And my pregnant mamas um, often say, I've never felt stronger, even as early as two to three weeks postpartum than I did because of the way that we teach them. So it's a very core focused 
methodology. Um, and then we weave the importance of creating balance within the muscles of the inner core unit. Um, so that's both the contracting ability and the lengthening ability because both are crucial, um, all the way down into the pelvic floor. Um, we pair that with exercise. So those mamas who are more into, um, being really active and staying active during pregnancy, um, preventing a lot of these injuries that we're told we just get to have, like, mm-hmm. welcome to motherhood. You're going to pee yourself. Um, it's great for them because we in on our online platform, we take a group fitness class. And instead of telling you just to pull your belly button to your spine or keep your core engaged, we actually create really smart, innovative ways for these women to not just do a squat, for example, but to do a squat. And while they're doing a squat, they're also creating fluidity and strength between the pelvic floor, the core and the muscles that they're recruiting for the squat. And we do that with every exercise that we do. Um, I think lastly, I would say that besides the prevention or the healing of injuries like diastasis, incontinence and prolapse, um, and preparing women for the birth marathon. Um, we also have this really beautiful ability to just teach women to be in their bodies in a new way. So it's not even just about the bloom method, right? Cause a lot of women, I think when they want to stay active during pregnancy, what they're really looking for are safe exercises. And we go beyond the safe exercises. We take the attitude of, I want you to feel so empowered in your body during pregnancy and postpartum and well into motherhood that we don't want to just keep you safe. Like, that's great. If that's what you're looking for, more power to you. But if you choose the blue method, you're going to get exercises that are safe, of course, but you're actually going to step into motherhood with more awareness around your body than you ever had pre-pregnancy. And I don't care what you did. So that's a pretty strong statement to make. Um, but I've heard it for seven plus years and, and, and I feel it in my own body now time and time again, again, like I said, I was at this mastery level and now I'm feeling things on a whole new level as I rehab my body and, and kind of reformulate this foundation that I had pre-pregnancy. Um, so there are a lot of there are a lot of layers, but our moms walk away with with a much deeper connection to their bodies and the way their bodies relate to movement, whether that's daily exercise or even just the way they move as a mom, because it's that's something we address too. Exercise is great, but if you're not addressing the way that you move and your core fires when mm-hmm. you pick up your kiddos or you lean back in a chair, or get off the couch, um, then that can kind of create some issues or limit healing possibilities as well. So, right. That functionality. So key, so important. Um, and there's a video that's circulated a bit, or you could, you know, say gone viral as it relates to highlighting the bloom method and women utilizing it, particularly around what you were saying, the breath work and the, um, diaphragmatic breathing. Can you just share a little bit of what that is? And I want to include a link in the episode notes for, um, listeners who haven't seen it to go watch it, but could you provide some context of what this is that they'll be seeing when they do watch it? Yeah. So, um, it depends on what you link. I think, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but it depends on the source that okay. it's coming from as some sources, um, reported on it 
correctly and some that we're pulling from these other articles um, just to kind of catch on to or be a part of the viral the conversation. Wagon. Right. Well, we'll go for accurate. So make sure I have that one. And yep. then you set up the context for that one. Cause that's what I'm more interested in. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So um, it's a technique of ours. It's one of our foundations called the belly pump and um, it's nothing new. It's nothing super fancy. People have been doing it forever. Um, but somehow we put it on the map. And um, so we'll take that ride and um, yeah. we've taken the criticism that's come along with it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But so basically the belly pump, um, the best way that I can describe it is it is diaphragmatic breath. So the idea of breathing via the diaphragm, um, it's the exercise component of that type of breath. So what we do is um, we have a woman and the video that you're going to see is a pregnant woman doing it or pregnant women, but we have postpartum women do this too. Um, it's a really great way for the, for women to understand how to connect with their core in a new way versus just pulling belly button to spine, which is a cue that most women have heard if they're into fitness or yoga. Um, so a woman diaphragmatically inhales and then instead of just exhaling and letting the pelvic floor and the TVA, which is the body's corset muscle that wraps the the torso. Um, those muscles just kind of recoil naturally and organically in a diaphragmatic exhale. But when we turn it into the belly pump, we create what I describe as an intentional activation of those muscles that do recoil naturally. We just bring more attention to them and we create more engagement around them. So um, I typically tell women to use an audible exhale because all our vocal cords connect and talk to our pelvic floor and help us activate that area. And we, we kind of amplify that recoil, if you will. So on the exhale, they begin to draw together the pelvic floor muscles and then lift them. And then they, we call it hugging baby if they're pregnant or wrapping a corset tightly around their torso if they're postpartum or preconception. Um, but they wrap the muscles of the TVA. For a lot of people, that can be a little confusing at first. Um, so we usually, we do a very good job of walking them through that both in person and on the online studio. But Um, so it literally looks like they're hugging baby really, really tightly. Um, it got a lot of criticism because it's pretty crazy looking and I, right. It's like baby went away. Like that woman's not pregnant. If you took a snapshot, you'd be like, that's a woman's stomach. And then in the next frame, it's like, Oh, that's a very pregnant woman. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think it also depends on when you take the video. So how Mm -hmm. big is the baby? Mm -hmm. Um, the other factor is how much pushing out of the belly is the woman doing during the inhale, which is something we actually try to get women not to do. But because this is this new thing, I think people like the drastic, Mm. you know, big belly, small belly. Um, it's not hurting anything, but the pushing out of the belly on the inhale to make the belly bigger definitely doesn't help to prevent against this abdominal separation that Mm. we all get. Um, and, and the baby's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I tell mamas all the time that we are simply activating the muscles that are actually supportive muscles in pregnancy. And when you do access things like the pelvic floor and the TVA and exercises or techniques like the belly pump and other um, techniques that we teach in regards to this, um, you actually have a more comfortable pregnancy because your transverse abdominal muscle, that corset muscle 
supports the spine and it creates stability in your pelvis and your spine. Um, it can take pressure. This exercise can take pressure off of the round ligaments that become so painful for some mamas, um, low pelvic pain. And last but not least, the beauty of diaphragmatic breath and the belly pump is because you're creating fluidity in the pelvic floor, our moms are less likely to tear. And when they do tear, it's a very small tear, um, like usually within first degree, because when you create fluidity in the pelvic floor muscles, you also create a more malleable or a, uh, a, I guess a stretchier, if you will, perineum. So it is more beneficial to do things like the belly pump than to not. And some of the people listening may have heard of it called TA breathing. I'm not a huge fan of that because the scientist in me goes, that doesn't make sense because your muscle doesn't breathe. Um, or belly breathing, which I don't love either because I think it gives this idea of you want to make the belly really big. So I just tend to call it what it is, which is the diaphragmatic breath. And then we're belly pumping when we add that exercise component to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. The videos that I've seen, you know, it's, they're just examples of these really, you just, just tuned in, tapped in, practiced, powerful women. And, and I love it. And, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's so clear listening to you talk that you are a master and expert at what you do. And, um, I've been going through your website as well and just looking at all the resources and, and everything that you put out there. It's awesome. And so I totally encourage everyone listening to go and and check out you know what you know what Brooke has and Brooke will you share the um, the website URL for them to go and, and learn more about what you're up to yeah so um, our website is just www.thebloommethod.com and that's bloom b-l-o-o-m I have to say that because sometimes people will go the blue method I'm like no 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 bloom like a blue <laughs> belly um, and I also tell people um, to check us out on Instagram because we, I do a little, I run our Instagram feed. I refuse to give it to anyone else. It's the way that I can connect with my mamas. Um, we do it a lot differently than, than other people in my, um, profession, I guess it's really big on education. So it's a really big educational platform and we give a lot of education away for free on Instagram. Um, there aren't a ton of workouts. There are some workout circuits if mamas are are looking for that, but there's a lot of potent um, information on our Instagram feed and it's just the bloom method um, at Instagram. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'll include links to all of that as well as the video and then, um, you know, ways for listeners to connect, get in touch, learn more. Uh, cause that's something really great. You're up to Brooke, you and Pete and, and Levin. He's, he's a part of yeah. it as well. So, um, he's technically in all of the, the studio bloom videos. Oh, that's amazing. You know, you didn't even know it. Yeah. That's so cool. Superstar. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, Brooke, thank you so, so much for being with us today, for sharing so much, you know, from your own story. So some of that, you know, genuine, authentic, vulnerable sharing, and then as well as your knowledge, your expertise and what you've created. Uh, It's just really, really beautiful. So I thank you for that. And I know listeners are going to get so much out of it. Well, thanks so much for having me and um, just hearing me. Um, I also want to give a little shout out and some props to Matthew because I personally think it is so amazing that you guys do this together. Um, I am, of course, just in love with 
partners that really support women in the birth world. And I love that Matthew is a birth advocate. My husband, um, I would deem him one as well. And it's just really powerful to have men um, stand beside us and and walk this journey with us. So thank you, Matthew, for being a part of this. Oh, it's really wow. awesome. Thank, thank you for that. I, I totally receive it. And uh, it was really cool for me to hear how, how Pete showed up throughout everything and hearing that the two of you uh, work together, you know, through your company is awesome as well. I just, like Sarah said earlier in the, in our conversation, there's just a lot of parallels in how you guys uh, do your business and run your household and all that stuff. So um, I love being a, a man who supports a wonderful queen and goddess. That's just, um, it's, it's amazing. Awesome. Effortless for me. And I just, it's, it's beautiful. So I appreciate that recognition. Thanks so much, Brooke. Of course. And I, I'm sure your your beautiful queen and goddess really appreciates you and, and loves being partnered to you. So it, it's probably, you know, a duality thing. You got it. You hit it right yeah. on the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. And um, hopefully we can connect again one absolutely. day. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, Brooke. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.